now. Um, <laughs> I always introduce the stream warning people not to do live or because um, would you believe I've had Jack from Real Politic on here, so um, it is a relevant issue, unfortunately, sometimes. <laughs> anyway, we'll wait for some people to come in. We can talk for a little bit. In the meantime, I'm just taking a look at the stream on Twitch, and it looks fine. Okay. It looks good. All right. And hopefully you will, um, hopefully everyone has a good time when we do this. Um, so yeah, we'll give it a minute and then I will start introducing people and I need to have my notes open because I, I failed at printer. I am the boomer today because I failed at installing drivers. Um, so I'm reading off the laptop, which is why my face is very bright right now. Um, Okay. So I'm just gonna. Uh, why? Let's try desktop Sorry. as well. Just, I'm not holding this phone for however long. Okay. Let me just brush that real quick. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Right, I'll get us started then, because it's been a minute and a half, and usually people show up, um, have shown up. So we're going to roll. Um, so, welcome everyone. Uh, we are doing one of my wonderful special streams where nothing interesting has happened this week that would provide any relevance to it. And so, but luckily I've got four amazing guests, so we're going to have a good time. So, in no particular order, I am joined tonight by the legend himself, the man with no name. Geraint, aka Wario Tifo, from Real Politics, <laughs> um, which means I've now collected the two main people from Real Politics, so I can retire now a champion, um, champion of streaming. I've also got with me uh, Mika, who is a YouTuber who goes by Ponderful. Hello. Um, yep. Yeah. We're we're lucky to be joined by the Lib Dem Slayer himself and legend and the the genius behind all of my emotes, Loki Nash. Hello. And finally, I'm joined by Ama, who is a contributing editor at Red Pepper and freelance journalist, trade unionist, and bartender. All good things. I've been a lot of those things at various times, so I like them all. So welcome to all of you. I think for a lot of you, this is your first time on Twitch. So I hope it's not horrible and you guys all come back and the chat is well behaved and doesn't cause a scandal. Right, chat? We're going to be very well behaved today. Um... Anyway, so each of you guys are from slightly different backgrounds in terms of what you guys are doing in the media sphere. So we've got actual shit posters, uh, podcasters, um, actual journalists, print journalists. Um, we've got YouTubers. I cover a lot of this ground actually myself. I should have just done the stream myself. As it turns out, it would have been a lot less, a lot less stressful for me. Um, <laughs> But yes, and, and participation is correct. No libel tonight. We're not doing any libel. No Ian Austin. No, we're not saying anything. Um, hopefully not anyway. Um, so I'm going to bring the Twitch streamer perspective and set aside all of the other random things that I end up doing a lot of the time. So we're going to go to each of you in the order that you've appeared on my screen and... Um, give you guys a couple of minutes to introduce yourselves, uh, talk about the situation for the left in your particular areas, 
and we'll just sort of go from there. So Amar, you are first um, on my um, on my screen. You're on the left, the best bit to be. So go for it. So yeah, I'm Amar. I'm a contributing editor. Um, sometimes and not very often successful journalist <laughs> freelance. So. Um, I started off doing music journalism, but I know mainly about politics and stuff because that's what I actually do. Uh, I'm a bartender at a pub called the Ivy House, and I'm branch secretary of the union there. And I mainly organise with South London Bartenders Network. So any bartenders in South London, hit me up. We'll organise with you. Um, and alongside that, I also do a lot of um, migrant solidarity work and kind of general um anti-racism activism i suppose as well and mutual aid stuff um the situation for like left media in terms of print stuff uh it's pretty shit isn't it really i mean there's there's not a hell of a lot of money there's a small pool of readership that we're all kind of frantically trying to contribute to all of the best journalists turn out to be massively problematic uh and yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a bleak perspective in many ways. There's, there's a lot of things that can be done. Um, I think there was, there was a really good proposal in New Socialist around a momentum media fund. There's some interesting cooperative models that are being explored locally. So I think there's hope, um, and I'm still carrying the torch. Um, but yeah, I'm here to make the case that print media has a central role to play in uh, worker organising in particular. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Guys, uh, by the way, chat, remember, I need you guys to pick up some of the slack and ask questions because I uh, forgot to write some questions. Um, sorry, Mika, uh, please go ahead. Hi, Hi I'm Mika, um, aka Ponderful on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube now. I'm apparently here representing YouTube, <laughs> even though I've, I've literally just started my channel a few months ago, so baby YouTuber. Um, yeah, um, I'm just finished uh, studying philosophy uh, degree. So waiting for my grades on that. So I'm putting it to good use, becoming a YouTuber, living up to that millennial stereotype, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, my YouTube channel is about philosophy, politics, autism, and neurodiversity in general. Um, I'm autistic myself recently diagnosed um and i think there's a lot to say um uh, in regards to neurodiversity and the politics of that and what that means for um materialist understandings of life and society and ways that we can improve uh, i think there's interesting things um in regards to leftism in general on youtube <laughs> There's bread tube, it's a thing, you know, everyone everyone knows about that, I'm sure, here. Um it's it's new, it's it's fledgling, I think. I think even even as recently as last year, there wasn't enough left-wing YouTube. I think the right is winning at the minute on streaming platforms such as YouTube. Um and I, yeah, I don't think the left can be complacent or concede any ground at all so i would completely agree that print media is going to be super important just as all of our perspective fields i think will be extremely important in the years to come uh, that's okay. i actually hate youtube and think it should play no role sorry <laughs> Oof, shots fired already 
We're going to have to cancel started. the stream. The debate has begun. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, well, there's there's definitely debates to be had um, around YouTube as a platform. Certainly, lots. Um, they don't take me seriously. <laughs> No, but there are, there are, there's, there's lots to be said, but um, in regards to video streaming in general, yeah, I think, I think we're, we're only starting to see what the left is capable of in regards to that. I think the right have had a really big uh, jump start. what with all the money. Yeah, the money does help, I find. Um, <laughs> does tend to be that way. Okay, uh, Loki, you are next on my screen, so. Hello. Yeah, so give you a give you two minute bit about how you slayed the Lib Dems on Twitter. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm Loki. Everybody knows who I am. It, the, yeah, I, I don't I, I don't like describing myself. I find it weird. You know. Then describe something else. Well, I'm on I'm on Twitter. I write things every so often. I tend to lose accounts by the dozen. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know what else. Because what do you want? Uh, well, what do I want? Um, I said DMs, Loki, for goodness sake. No, it's all right. Um, I don't know. Do, do you think... Oh, never mind. What, do you, what role do you think Twitter will have to play in it, really? In the big, broad thing? Just in the broad sense? The shit posting <clears throat> is ham posting praxis. It's a question that comes up every single, every single stream. Uh, it won't work, is what it is. He doesn't care. It's not the same. It's not the same as it was when it came to the Lib Dems. When it came to Change UK, people like that. It's just, I don't know how to describe it. It just, I just don't think it'll work in the future. I think when it needs to come from a different place this time. Well, maybe we'll find out, figure out where we're coming from as we go with some questions. Um, Geraint, uh, talk about podcasting and I guess a bit of the Twitter shit posting since you are part of that, part of our crew on that one, really. All right, yeah. So I'm I'm Geraint um, on Twitter as as Wario Tifo. Um, I've been one of the the main sort of political co-hosts of uh, the Real Politic podcast for about eighteen months now. Uh, the podcast that the podcast itself has been running for longer than that, but uh, that that's been an interesting thing to be part of because I think there's there's a fairly healthy sort of scene now of like UK left podcasts, if you like that capture various to various extents the sort of um shit posting energy that's been around on twitter for a lot longer and um you know get some some actual decent analysis in as well because as well as us and i say us like jack who was on uh one of the the previous streams here is kind of the driving force behind that podcast but there's also things like uh we don't talk about the weather uh trash future Praxis cast. There's there's quite a few now um, that have been doing some some good stuff. So I think it's forever going to be like this is how the left win through having good podcasts. But I think it's been a little bit of a sort of minor win going that we we've had a few um, 
fairly successful cult efforts going. Um, most areas, we can't really compete on the left with the the big mainstream publications and the backing they have. But what we've seen, um, what Jack in particular has spent several episodes attacking in entertaining fashion, is that a lot of the the very well funded podcasts attached to things like the Spectator, the New Statesman, various uh, broadsheet papers fail miserably and have hardly any listeners. You know, they're probably more guests than they have listeners. Um, and and that's it's interesting that it's not caught on there at all, really. Um, but uh, yeah, as someone saying in the chat perhaps the difficulty with with the podcasts is uh, they're quite time consuming if you're following more than a couple at any one time um but yeah uh, and as, as you mentioned i've had a bit of a wider interest in um i guess that wing shit posting because <laughs> i've been on twitter for much longer than i've been podcasting and um i'm at this point uh blocked by half of the people in the mainstream media um <laughs> just over the years uh so th there's been a lot you kind of notice over the years panning out on there in terms of how um how establishment journalists and editors respond to public criticism that might not have played out so publicly before things like twitter and other social media so sort of learned a lot from that over the years as well it's made a few things clearer and Loki's in the chat praising you, Warrior Tifo. So you know that's um. And also, I would I'm not I'm only doing this because of things like real politic. So you know you can thank Jack Frayne Reed for the existence of this stream, um, which is why having him on was such good fun. Uh, someone has immediately come in with a question that's going to cause a problem, so I'm going to ignore his question because he's a personal friend of mine in real life, and so I shall not ask everyone to identify themselves by leftist subdivision because otherwise we're just going to have. Um, we're going to be here all night talking about the exact thing I don't want to talk about tonight. Um, but actually, Mika did was sort of hinting at something I did want to talk about, which was using platforms. Yeah, fair enough, Sade of Darkness. I know you, IR. I know where you live, Sade of Darkness, literally. Um, which is that there is kind of an issue with using platforms like YouTube and Twitch as well, which is owned by Amazon, which is that is, is it... Is it a sustainable thing for us to be using these platforms by the grace of people who are opposed to what we believe in? Is that a sustainable thing for us no. to really be doing? No. Like, no. Oh, someone's of dropped not. out. Oh, they didn't As, like uh, my answer. <laughs> yeah, they did not like your answer. <laughs> I've accidentally revealed the chat <laughs> to try and see what they're doing. Oh, he's back. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I would say no. Of course not, but, you know... Men make their own history, but we don't get to choose our starting point, someone said once. Um, and so we, we have to make use of what is available. And that is what it is. Um, and so, like I said, I don't think that the left can concede any ground at all. We have to be everywhere. We, we really do. Um, and so, yeah, I think more people doing more things is essentially what we need and if that's on youtube or twitch then so be it there's i'm sure very clever leftists out there who will want to design their own video streaming platform at some point in the future which might be better for certain people but but yeah like it's not sustainable in the way so it won't be the thing that will 
win leftism for us mm. like it's um press the leftism it, button on twitch yeah. <laughs> like, um no it won't it won't be be the thing using these platforms um they they won't ever let us overtake the right i don't think on these platforms i mean i think i completely agree with you but i i also i don't necessarily think that media as a concept is like something that the left can sustainably rely on which might sound paradoxical right um but if you look at i mean if you look at the history of kind of of dissent and like even if you go back hundreds of years to kind of printed pamphlets and things like that that was there's always been power dynamics tightly regulating that as well and like the proliferation of like workers inquiry and that kind of thing that was that was one way of like resisting that but again that had like a very limited reach so it's i think it's always been a question of like uh, the grace of power, where the power has been the state or corporations, but I do, I do, re- I do recognize that with companies like Amazon and Google and all of that, that it does present like bigger, wider, like m- maybe more cemented structural issues as well. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, agreed. And I think part of this is linked to the issue of Loki constantly getting banned on another capitalist-owned platform, which is Twitter. Um, although half of the time it's because he posts a certain cursed image of a certain um, certain character. No, I don't. I don't post him anymore. He's not allowed. I know it's not allowed. I'm very aware it's not allowed because <laughs> you keep getting banned for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not. It's not sustainable. Like uh, what? I, I think it's ten. I think it's more than ten accounts I've been through now. Yeah, it's definitely more than ten. I think I knew you on your original account, even. No, no, I would, it was even before that. It would have been. It's between ten and twelve. It's it's about ten to twelve accounts I've been through. It's just it's constant, and it's for stupid reasons. It's you are silenced quite easy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. I can't think of the bloody word now. Like you, you. No, I've gone. It's gone. That's all right. Sorry. You can can take your time. Um, (laughs) Worry. Someone has suggested in the chat that we get Loki a blue tick. I couldn't agree more. Let's get Loki a blue tick. Uh, Geraint, do you want to jump in on this point of using these platforms that are owned by uh, capitalists? Yeah, I think um, I broadly agree with what people are saying. There's, a, there's always going to be concerns in how sustainable it's going to be to be using them as our main platform. Um, I've always taken a certain amount of pleasure from just kind of subverting the formats of things like twitter and 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 sort of finding out what you can get away with quite quite closely um probably uh loki's an example of someone that's gone like an inch further than me and got banned (laughs) every time for it whereas i've I've got away with murder particularly in the, the first few years on there but um at some point Twitter is going to go the same way as numerous other platforms have, even if it's not like a, a full-on purge of the left on there or anything like that. It's going to lose its relevance. So the the danger of relying on too much on any any one platform is what happens. How do you keep the organisations going and and the the bonds you've made on there after that? Really, um, but at the same time, it is a very you know 
these, these things can be very useful ways of getting your message out that we wouldn't have had previously. Um, certainly, some of us on the shitposting side of things have got maybe quite a niche audience, but niche audience would be about 10 people if we didn't have the wider connections through through the internet. That's true. I don't think I'd have more than 12 followers on anything if it wasn't um, wasn't for the ridiculous dynamics of Twitter. So we've got two questions in. Um, one is just inviting us to take a shot at Blue Ticks, which I guess we should get out of the way. Let's get the shot out. Let's get the shot in. Let's do it real quick. Um, Jesus only needed 12 followers. That's right. And I do, if I untie my hair, have the Jesus vibe going on. Um, no, no, I'm patenting. I'm patenting that for this for this stream. I've got the Jesus hair. I had to tie my hair back because last time my hair got massive during the stream and I reverse Brendan O'Neill'd myself. Um, so that's why it's tied back. I think we might do this whenever I'm on face cam. Okay. So Mal Cox has asked us, are dickhead blue ticks trying to lay the groundwork for a campaign for removing anonymity online? Probably yes. Um, but I'll let, um, I will go in, we'll go from Geraint background that way. Okay, yeah, I'm glad someone asked that question because the answer is yes, they have, and they've been trying to for as long as I've been on Twitter, which is about a decade. I think one of the first realizations I made about how the media works that I maybe wouldn't have made before, despite being quite critical of it, being on Twitter, is when, when you see sort of certain... Um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember I'm not on real politics now and not just to like name people left, right, and center, but... Um, Certain people who would be involved in commissioning or just have a certain amount of influence in, in the press would use Twitter uh, quite effectively to promote themselves and their work and would be quite active in the gatekeeping of things going on as well. And it would be very much like, hey, if you're friends with me on here, I can open some doors to you. If you argue with me, however respectfully and, and based on the content of your article, I will crush you sort of thing. Um, and it was around that time in that sort of atmosphere that some of these same people um, quite basically right in front of us all redefined the word troll. If you've spent too much time on the internet over the years like I have, like troll generally means sort of essentially being a wind-up merchant in an argument, like presenting an exaggerated version of uh, your own opinions or uh, arguing for opinions you don't have to try and like hold people a bit. And it suddenly quite quickly and quite actively through these people became trolls are people who send vile abuse to people they don't like on the internet, you know? So if someone was essentially cyber stalking someone or sending them threats, that would be suddenly framed as like this internet troll is doing this. And that was successful. You know, that, that is now what most of the general public would think of when you say like an internet troll. Um, and even back then, and this was like 2012, 2013, this was all going on. There was very much, uh, oh, these anonymous users, you know, uh, they, they've got just uh, random pictures and uh, handle that's not their name you know how can we know who they are we've got our names on that on it obviously yes they do because they're generally promoting their own work or, or their own careers um and people have spent about seven eight years quite sincerely trying to drill into people's heads that here's 20 different reasons why people might 
choose or need to be anonymous online. Um, I think that's worth the trade-off of a few people using it to be dickheads. And they've just been blanked consistently, you know? The idea that actually it's not healthy that you could be threatened with losing your job if you say someone's work is shit online is not really very healthy. Um, Yeah, basically 100% people want to to come for anonymity and um, there are political reasons for that. It's not simply just uh, I don't like it when people are mean to me uh, rule. Okay. Um, Loki, you'll have some thoughts on this one, I'm sure. So go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, 100% with Wario. Um, like the, the most abuse I've had is, has been from Blue Ticks, and uh, the extent they go to to reveal as well. Like, I, I've had I've been stalked by lunatics sent by Blue Ticks. I've had my my whole family was being stalked for what weeks to try and find me because I wrote an article they didn't like about a blue tick. If you know what I mean, um, the blue ticks, the, the, they are. It's easy for them because they don't have the consequences that normal users have. They they are they are protected from the worst. From, from from people who are vindictive, who are they're vexatious, they are protected. Whereas a normal person on there is not. You need your anonymity. You cannot be open and say, "Do what I did." I wrote. I wrote like the Nick Cohen article, and like the, the amount of abuse and harassment I got in my DMs was ridiculous. People constantly trying to find me. So they could find a manager to complain to, so they could find somebody to to silence me, to to intimidate me. If you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, we all. I think most of us will remember the specific incident that was referring to, um, and that was terrible all round, really. And um, yeah, yeah. They they they'd followed they'd followed me dad for weeks. They were just constantly following them. They were, you know, they were checking every picture, everything to try and find me. And they still got the wrong bloody person. They kept getting the wrong person. Oh, yeah, I do remember there was a series of wrong people outed yeah. over and over again, even. The, the, but it, the, and they were, they were led by blue ticks. And I know they were led by blue ticks. I know who the blue ticks were, but no libel. So... Mm-hmm. I know who the people were. I knew. I knew who was being, who who was organising this, who was uh, sending them places to go. Koonsberg, exactly. That's him. There, the, this this idea that the blue ticks are constantly trying to. Oh, what's the like? The, the blue ticks are constantly trying to expose you all the time, as so you they they can silence you. This the, Twitter is a platform for them, and we are plebs to be listening to them to do everything they say. To we we, we are there to just you know follow them and nothing more. Okay, um, we'll move on to Mika for her thoughts. Yeah, well, I'm 
obviously completely agree with everything that's been said. I don't have any experiences such as that. That sounds horrific. Um, but I, I do remember it actually. Yeah. Um, but most of the abuse that I've had online has been people using their real names or on Facebook where the, that you have to provide identification even. Um, no, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with, with the premise of the question. Are they trying to do that? I haven't been on Twitter that long, only since 2017. But it's quite obvious that that's, that's what they're trying to do. Every, every single time there's like a physical act of violence, IRL, they bring it back to, oh, this, this is why we need to cut down on anonymous Twitter accounts or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it seems quite obvious that that's, that's what's going on. And I agree with um, Loki's assessment of how they feel about Twitter as a platform. It's a promotional tool. And they, they can't, you can't be having, having the plebs in the, in the comment section. And that's why Twitter is bending over backwards to try and accommodate for that with new features and things, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Hard agree. <laughs> okay. Emma, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I don't have any direct experience in that. That sounds awful. And I, I agree with, with, with what's been said. But the way that I always, always think about this is if you think back to 10, 15 years ago, um, the huge amount of like public discourse that was cultivated against um against young people wearing hoodies in public against women in the burqa and the right to public anonymity being under threat then uh and if you look at it, I, I kind of see like what what the blue ticks are pushing for on twitter to be analogous to that and who that's going to affect most of all like it is of course going to be um you know left-wingers and people who are saying stuff they don't like but primarily my personal feeling is that this is going to be used to dox trans people to dox migrants to dox queer people to dox sex workers and that's gonna that that's gonna escalate to physical violence that's exactly where this leads and it it's it's a really dangerous and pernicious idea um that you know if if you don't have anything to hide then you don't have anything to worry about um that we see played out in, you know, everything from the way the police force works to the way that, you know, London is under surveillance to such a massive extent. It's a really worrying wider trend, I think. Yeah, definitely this drive towards getting rid of anonymity. I always do a post whenever it comes up where I'm like, do not do this. It's a really bad idea. Someone is going to get hurt, very obviously. That is the very obvious consequence of stripping people of anonymity. And people are going to get sacked from jobs, never mind anything else. Um, so we do have some more questions. I'm going to try and see if they're thematically similar so I can merge them all. But uh, okay. So Zarg has asked, I'm going to pronounce it Zarg. I always pronounce it that way. I refuse to say numbers in names. Um, sorry. What about hedging between platforms? So he's talking about like posting things to Twitter and Mastodon simultaneously so that people can use either. I think that's a callback to when we were talking about whether we can use these platforms sustainably or whether, whether hedging might be a way to build some of these other platforms up, alterna potential alternatives up. So it's probably a quick yes, no, maybe thing, but we'll go from our background quickly i mean intuitively i said yeah i'd say yes but i'd also say that in terms of sustainability think about like personal capacity and time and the labor that goes into any any of this kind of work like how many platforms is one person going to be expected to also be 
you know, kind of cultivating a following on, on a narrative on consistently. So I'd say yes, but I think in terms of sustainability, think about the labor that goes into it as well. Okay. Uh, yes, I think, yeah, like I said, I think more people doing more stuff everywhere is going to be good. Um, and I would like to see leftists infiltrate um, every kind of media. So like lifestyle media, beauty, sports analysis, like I want to see, leftist analysis of, of everything possible, I think. Uh, I think, like I say, we can't concede. Um, post everywhere, but the, the labor factor is an important part of this. And that's why we tend to see an imbalance of the types of people who get to post around all day. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. Someone has, someone has mentioned Teen Vogue in the comments. Yes, we should absolutely infiltrate Teen Vogue. Well, I think they've pretty much been infiltrated. So, um, That's true, yeah. <laughs> one of my, now, unironically, one of my favourite publications in the world. Um, Loki, Loki, please go for it. Yeah, but I, I, it's the ones that are viable. Stuff like Twitter works because of who's on there. So, like, Mastodon fell apart because there was nobody on there. And because... It was too um, too disparate, too broken up, too like uh, like everybody had their own server, everybody had their own like, rules and stuff like that. It, you need something that can bring everybody together in one place, but different platforms. So, so like YouTube, YouTube's a good or Twitch, like you are here, that's a good one because it's still a centralized place where everybody can get there, but. And it's it's viable, if you know what I mean, rather than somewhere like massive work. And you see with the rights, they they constantly appear all the time to whatever new one they've got, and then they come back after twenty minutes because it just doesn't work. What was the latest one? It was Parler, wasn't it? That was the latest one that they've all flounced yeah. off to. And, and then that they just... all came. Back. Yeah, they all came back. Of course they did. The only one, well, yeah, oh, oh, oh no, Glenner did come back. He's under oh. a new account now just the worst news we're just really delivering bad news for a lot of this apparently uh warrior tifo why don't you uh you round off this question real quick and then we'll get us into a bit more of a substantive one yeah i mean i think in terms of hedging bets across platforms it's probably a good idea where it's possible but most of the platforms by their nature have different ways they use them i agree with most of what loki was saying about mastodon there um i think maybe something we need to do on the left is learn to communicate better on popular social media that we've never got the hang of. Like someone brought up Facebook before and Facebook is radicalizing all of your uncles and aunts right now. And we on the left are mostly absent from it apart from in our own immediate circles. Um, that does concern me because that's also been used to swing elections you know with the the effectiveness of, of super micro targeted uh facebook advertising and things like that um we're all like i don't even really use facebook so i'm a massive hypocrite here but um you know we're all having a great time on on twitter and on twitch and so on and on our podcasts and all this and uh meanwhile various incredibly shady groups uh like paying to put specific messages into everyone you know's feed that isn't political 
telling you that like Jeremy Corbyn was personally in the IRA and stuff like that, you know, um, we need to figure out how best to combat that. I think that's been a bit of why the sort of increase in left presence on YouTube over the last couple of years has been interesting to see because it's another one that we were absolutely getting destroyed on. And at least now there's, there's some popular content coming out that isn't just like Ben Shapiro deb- debating someone. He doesn't yeah, know. Warriors, right? I said Facebook's the one that we miss out the most. Because it I'm tends to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm back on Facebook and <laughs> posting screenshots of anarchist tweets is my new favourite thing. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, I closed out my Facebook because it's, it's just people I know and I hate other people I know. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, but but he is right. We miss out so much on Facebook, and it is a place that's just it's just so full of right wing propaganda. Um, there's just nothing to 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 counter it. And like I said, like, like your mum and dad, that's who uses Facebook, and that's the people you need. But you don't get them because we're on Twitter. Okay, my mum and dad are fine. They're going to be on the stream at some point at this point. At this rate, my mum has forced my dad into accepting my invitation. So everyone, get excited for the dad stream. That's happening. You're all going to get classic old-school Marxism-Leninism on Twitch. So hope you're ready to hear about hostage-taking. No, he's never done hostage-taking. Um, <laughs> anyway, so there are two questions that I'm kind of going to merge into one because they kind of address similar points. Well, the preambles to them are kind of similar so um and participation asked however sustainable independent left media is is the death of legacy media on the cards once all the olds that watch the beeb buy and buy papers shuffle off um that i read that verbatim so i had to use phrasing that i don't quite enjoy and uh duncan who i suspect is the duncan i know afk if there was suddenly significant money for left media what should be the priority? So his examples are propaganda, documentaries or explainers, investigative journalism or cultural productions as examples. So we'll try and tackle those two in one go. So Warrior Tifa, we'll go from you, background. Oh, is he, is he not unmuted himself? Right, yep, yeah, sorry, sorry, yep, yeah, uh, it was on mute there. Do you mind just repeating that one, sorry? Yeah, I'll repeat them both. So, however sustainable independent left media is, is the death of legacy media on the cards once all the olds that watch the Beeb and buy papers shuffle off? You can tell how awkward I am just saying some of these things. Yeah. Um, and then if there was suddenly significant money for left media, so from a big union as an example, what should be the priority for the kind of things they produce? Okay, yeah, so I think, like, First of all, um, in terms of the death of legacy media, I think it's obviously got significant challenges to it and there have been some real desperation moves for a long time trying to try and uh, sort of find the, the miracle solution out of that. I, uh, an obvious example, I would say, is, is click on the independent website for literally anything and see just how many megabytes of invasive scripts it hammers your browser with, how many dodgy click-through things it does. Um, a lot of them have taken that sort of route to try and uh, get around it. It's not going to work. But at the same time, like it's been a long time since any of these newspapers were consistently turning a profit. And therefore, the fact that they're already still being backed to a large extent 
tells you it's not just that they're not money-making endeavors. That was a bonus when maybe some of the tabloids were in, in the 80s and early 90s making money as well. Um, uh, as long as they have any reasonable reach, people are still going to put money into them. Um, in terms of what we'd do if we had actual funding to 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 properly build left media, that's that's a really difficult one. Um, I think that the temptation would be like, oh, we'll just have a left wing newspaper now that's well funded and that doesn't have the fairly substantial uh, caveats in terms of being terrible on like trans issues, like. Um, name of it's even uh, yeah yeah um but if we if we sort of did that then we'd still have all the substantial challenges that all these other newspapers are facing without an established user base uh with a lot of people that would be the readers that have essentially been hammered out of trust in any sort of print media um so i almost think it's like um trying to figure out which of recent left media across various platforms be it sort of platforms in themselves like uh, navara be it podcasts this sort of thing uh what, what we can do to try and get them out there a bit more um things like youtube content but it all needs to have really savvy people behind it otherwise you just get some of the more ill-fated like momentum campaigns that we've had over the years where it's just like hey we've got someone who can do socials now and it's all a bit cringe um but you can sink a lot of money into that sort of thing if if you don't realize yet that it's not gonna work so there's no easy answers on that one it would be very difficult but it probably would be worth the effort if the backing was there okay uh loki thoughts on uh do you want me to repeat the question or yeah you could yeah all right so we're talking about is the death of legacy media on the cards regardless of the sustainability of independent left media and um if there was significant money for a left media projects or series of projects what should their priorities be in terms of content well i I think legacy media are going to see issues now anyway i i I, for instance like the the philip collins the philip collins sacking like he was sacked because they just don't need him anymore and they are hemorrhaging money i've been told that there's going to be um there's going to be mass layoffs at the times, for instance, coming up, and I think I think a lot of legacy media are going to face the same problems of being, you know, of mass of mass layoffs. Of well, you've seen the, the Guardian where they've cut their entire weekend section. Um, when it comes to funding, one of the biggest things would be a legal fund. One of the Biggest problems, especially when it comes to investigative stuff, is in the legal. What the fuck? Am I still on? Yeah, you're still on. Yeah, sorry. When? Um. uh, Yeah, where was I? Yeah, sort of like a a legal fund would be the biggest 
would be the biggest one we'd need because you can't do investigative stuff because you you will face lawsuits instantly. You will face, you know, um, libel summons. You will face all kinds instantly as soon as you write something. And that works for, I know I've talked to, to the people at New Socialist and they said um, that they, they would like to do more investigative stuff, but they just can't. There's just no legal fund for them. And they, 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 they fear going to court. It would, it would generally be an issue. Yeah. Like I said, legacy media is going to have a hard time in the next year or so, uh, especially with the COVID stuff. I think, I think it's killed a lot more than they think it, than they're willing to admit. I, I think that a lot of the papers, the BBC, that everybody are going to be hit hard by COVID, and I think that's going to kill a lot of legacy media. I think you're going to see a lot of downsizing, but I also think that you're going to see a lot of a lot more of, say, your Melanie Phillips, etc., because they will do it cheaper and they will they will push out the ideology they want. They don't need somebody like, you know, what's his name. They don't need someone like Philip Collins to attack the left anymore because Starmer doesn't scare them like Corbyn did. But they, but now they're just going to go more and more right wing as they try and save money. Okay, Mika, do you want to follow up? So, do you need me to repeat them or? No. So, is the death of legacy media on the cards? I guess it's on the cards for much of it, certainly if you just look at their sales and profits. But like, 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 like we said, um, is profit their, their primary goal here? And for a lot of it, probably not. So it probably will still be a thing. How many people read that or not is probably in some part up to the opposition and us and um, left wing journalists and things like that. So. Um, yeah, I'd say for a lot of it on the cards, but they'll probably find a way to stick around as that profit isn't the point. Um, priorities for left-wing media, should we have a windfall? Um, I would say one priority, certainly, should be that sort of media groups or publishers on the left, like sort of Navarra-type things, they should do more IRL with people um, doing uh, events. I know this year that's hard. But, um, yeah, I think that should be a priority, even if we don't get a massive windfall. We need to um, build some trust in communities in these organisations, to call them organisations. Uh, I think that's really important. Um, I think that legacy media kind of does that. It sponsors events for example um it's in people's real lives it's not just a thing that exists on the internet and i think that's that's probably that probably should be a priority um in in regards to type of media which which one should be a priority i'm going to repeat myself i guess i th i think we need to be everywhere doing everything as much as we possibly can and we need to support each other in doing that yeah yeah okay uh Amma, yeah. go ahead yeah, I mean, big questions, really. Um, I think I kind of agree with with Mika's take on 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 legacy media. Like, yes, it's it's on the cards, but um, is it going to stick around? Yes, probably. Like, it's only going to get more transparently an arm of the right wing state. Um, and I think that's just something that we that we have to accept. And and because of that, and the way it's already gone, 
the appetite for any kind of left wing newspaper. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm a trad wife for print, and I just don't want that. Like I just desperately don't want a another left wing newspaper because we have to think critically about who are we trying to reach here. Really, are we trying to get a regular paper out to the old school trots to say, look, here are the narratives that you've been saying that no one's been listening to? Because who else is going to read that? Really, what I'm more interested in is the actual. Well, a, a few different things, but in terms of print specifically, there are a number of online platforms that would benefit from reaching new audiences by getting funding to to do print stuff and to do events as well. So um, I'm thinking specifically of things like Notes from Below and um, New Socialists and people like that. Like there are ex people always call for more funding for like a new left media. We are failing like the current left media. Right. Um and, and a big part of that is that we're all kind of competing for the same pool of left-wing subscribers with a disposable income who have the time, who want to read this kind of stuff. Uh, we're all kind of competing for that same very, very small pool. Um, what I would like to see is some funding for print specifically, but in terms of distribution uh, being distributed via trade unions, for example, or, or in, in, in workplaces, I, I think... I think funding workers' inquiries would be a really big step forward. There's always, on the left, we talk a lot about the media being dominated by the upper middle classes and people who are connected. Uh, but it remains a problem that for the left, what we have a lot of the time is spokespeople who still had often a relative level of privilege like myself to get into those positions in the first place, when what we, what we could actually be doing is... Um, like notes from below has started start, has started trialing this, started doing this. Is you you pay workers and you pay organisers to write about their experiences. Um, local media is something that's also really often overlooked. Um, but local media is is coming up with some really innovative ideas of of sustaining itself anyway. So you've got um, oh I've written down what the name of the market's more awful at this. You've got a few local papers in the Bristol Cable and the Manchester Media, for example, that are organising organised as worker cops. Stuff like that is, is inherently politicising anyway. Um, I do really agree that if we had a magic pot of money, a legal fund would be absolutely ace. I think it's very much needed. Um, but there was also a really good proposal in New Socialist not too long ago um, about... That proposal was about getting a pot of money from Momentum to be democratically allocated towards uh, left-wing media that was voted on. Um so I guess, I guess, sorry, it's, it's a lot of different stuff, but to round up, I'd say that um, fund, fund existing media to become multimedia platforms, essentially. Get the online stuff in print, um, to upskill print mag so that they can produce good digital content. Um, and also, yeah, totally agree, um, events, events and things that are going to bring people into the movement. Those are really important because the last thing we need is is another kind of, socialist or communist paper that's going to hemorrhage money and kind of make it into someone's dissertation 20 years later and that'll be it okay so or, actually, uh, specifically red pepper would like some of that money <laughs> yes i'm gonna let everyone do their thing at the end but do fund red pepper it's really good um okay so all right, so we've we mentioned local media, so, and Paul Conrad asked a really good question about local media and 
I want to hear everyone's thoughts on it. So given the dire state of local media, I'm taking him at his word, I don't consume local media very much, um, could the left try to fill the gap with more locally orientated media and journalism? And if so, could this be used to counter the cynical reactionary narratives about certain parts of the country, such as the Red Wall, which is a term I hate because it's entirely a Tory fiction, um, and we'll be going from Amar background, so kind of a fortunate way that that fell. Yeah. Um, sorry, can you, can you just say the question again? Yeah, sure. Grasping. Okay. So given the dire state of local media, could the left try to fill the gap with more locally orientated media and journalism? And if so, could this be used to counter the cynical reactionary narratives about certain parts of the country, such as the Red Wall? Uh, I, I think it definitely could. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in what that looks like, though. So, for example, like, often um, there are, you know, places that already have relatively strong local media. Uh, not strong in terms of quality, but in terms of there is local media. Um, and I, I, there's definitely a saturation point. Like, there's not, there's not a competitive market for local media, right? So in terms of left-wing infiltration to kind of push better narratives, I think that comes down to access and that comes down to training up left-wing and especially working-class writers, giving them access to networks, giving them access to resources, maybe giving them grants or allowances that enable them to then, you know, apply for these jobs and actually get them. So some kind of a support network to enable that, that'd be really great. Um, and, and yeah, if, there's, if there are places, you know, well, the places that are there that don't have uh, a local media presence, uh, definitely funding uh, local worker co-op uh, media would be a really good idea. But I wouldn't say necessarily introducing new local media to compete uh in the market necessarily sorry i just delivered bad news to loki because we may have unlocked a new emote slot so um go ahead uh mika um well i haven't i, I, don't, I have no idea of the state of local media in the uk um but you know i do remember that it tends to be somewhat more trusted um by the public so i think there's definitely scope to use whatever exists and to like like we said um train people up so that they can get those jobs and help with the funding in that um kind of leans back to what i said about getting involved in in communities and if generating print media or yeah, i guess it would be print media and sort of distributing that um of course, yeah, definitely. I think I think that's necessary, in fact. And using existing structures like unions and things like that to help with that distribution, um, of course. Um, yeah, I, I, I certainly don't think that um, the left could produce a new type of local media to compete. Um, but like, like I say, we just need more people doing more stuff. And inevitably, that would mean that people have their local leftist content creator um who's, who's who does talk about their their local issues um and that, that will just come with with more people doing more things um but we definitely we need to be getting into communities she says sitting in germany <laughs> yeah i've just had this horrible vision of me becoming um place redacted a local left media producer it is on my twitter to be fair so i don't have to redact it but still um that's a horrible vision of the future but might be a necessary one um loki why don't you go ahead and try and tackle the question what was the, what was the question again sorry basically given that left me uh, local media 
is in a pretty bad state. Could the left try to fill the gap with more locally orientated media and journalism? And can that be used to counter narratives about, you know, red, the Red Wall and stuff like that? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, having anybody in that, at that level is a good idea because, you know, having anybody anywhere is a good idea. I wonder how much... Well, as... Um, Mick says there is that the problem is is that local media is usually just dominated by local Tories and local bloody landlords stuff like that, and they will they keep they use it as a sort of uh, you know it's a, sort of like a robber baron. They just they, they they keep control and they will not let anybody from the left in. So you would need to start your own left newspaper, but. I wonder if newspapers are the way to go, full stop, because they they are they are on the way out. More and more people are reading online. Um, more and more people watch TV. Local TV would be a good idea, especially when they had them channels. They had the local channels because we I don't know where we had that's Cumbria, and there was a woman who looked exactly like a like a wolf, and it was very distracting. But they they had these local channels where it, people could do their own news reports, do their own thing. It was set up by the, it was up in the business center. It was a social enterprise thing. I think that would do a lot more than newspapers would. Like I said, I don't think newspapers are the big sellers anymore. I know when I go to my local news agent, he says he doesn't sell much to the local paper here, which is the news and star. It just, it's, 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 it's very odd. I, I don't think newspapers are the way to go. That's what I mean. It's, I think they're, they're gone. They're done. I think looking at something like TV, something like um, local Facebook groups, um, even something like, what's that neighborhood thing where you have all your neighbors and they just complain about the dog shit and the, the, the cameras. You can have something like that where you just put stuff on. I don't know what that is because I don't do Facebook very much. We've kind of accidentally highlighted a problem with me not doing Facebook very much. Next door, next door, that was it. <laughs> oh, next door. Oh, that sounds terrible. That sounds like exactly the kind of curtain twitching stuff this country loves. Oh, it's it's horrific. It's basically the online equivalent of the neighborhood watch, and it's ninety oh. percent dog shit. It's phenomenal. Ninety percent dog shit is a pretty good way to describe a lot of um, some. Uh, anyway, I won't. Um, I won't be very yeah, specific. Um, anyway, um, yeah, um, Geraint, um, thoughts on the question? Yeah. Okay. I think um, in terms of local reporting, I think that it would not. I don't see it as really realistic for the left to get substantial ins within existing uh, local papers and established local media. I think the the most success we've we've had with that is uh, infiltrating it by insinuating that people's wives are prostitutes on the Plymouth Herald comments section. Um, but other than that, um, you know, they the, most local papers are such a small staff that your, your chances of, of of getting in enough to be able to influence the editorial line, I think, are quite slim. In terms of building local uh your own sort of local um left media operations i think that would be brilliant and useful but it would also like 
again, we've got to uh, face up to the fact that it would be incredibly difficult without substantial financial backing. Um, uh, it, in in terms of the, the 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 ability to find uh, an audience, because uh, you both have to find your initial local audience and also uh, do better than we have as a left, really, in, in terms of actually. Um, getting those ideas out to potentially sympathetic members of the public who, who wouldn't necessarily think of themselves as, as leftists. I think someone mentioned uh, or alluded to it earlier, but I think uh, a relative decline of the trade unions over the last few decades have hurt uh, in that that would have been one of the main ins for a lot of working people to like left-wing politics would be uh, local union organising and maybe having local left-wing union organisers to help put the ideas in their head as well through what they're achieving at work. Uh, so we, we, having lost that, it hurts, but we've also lost um, like your industrial reporter as an archetype, really. There's, there's hardly any of them left now. And that, I think, is is where something that would be really useful to to focus on if we had the, the ability to do so would be making sure that local industrial disputes, local uh, workplaces that are treating their, their workers particularly badly uh, are getting highlighted uh, in, in a way that it can get the message out more to just the people who would sign a petition about that sort of thing if, if you put it up now. But uh, again, how to actually get to that point is 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 quite difficult, I think. Can I just, can I just come in on that last point? Because yep. I think the trade unions... <clears throat> for for certain you know left wing media ventures are still like relatively important sources of funding, but what you what you what you just said about um the kind of decline of trade of, of the trade unions as a whole and of organizing, it's kind of become a little bit of a what's it called an ouroboros kind of so like because now there's like an uh, you know an ever decreasing pot of money coming from the trade unions, but that's comprising like still a relatively pr- proportionally quite a large amount of access to funding that some left-wing media has critique of trade unions that would make them more effective that would enable enable them to engage in new precarious and or migrant sectors is actually missing from a lot of left media like i absolutely love navara and i look at navara and i think you're so well placed to critique the unions and and it's not happening and i don't want to name too many other too many other media outlets because god i need someone to except my pitches but um you you kind of see you kind of see it happening right there's so much and i see it as an organizer there's so much that needs to be critiqued so much that needs to be uprooted so many new strategies and new ways that people are trying to organize it exciting that could actually change the game and reinvigorate the unions and it's not getting out there because the places that it might get published are partly funded by the unions and people are slightly scared of damaging relations and it kind of, it's it's a feedback loop yeah, that, um, that probably is something that we need to get better at critiquing is trade unions, because they're not terribly effective in some cases. I'm not going to name specific trade unions who are famous for losing disputes over and over again, but uh, there's a reason they're famous for losing disputes over and over again, and it's not because they have fantastic reps and training and all of that stuff. Um, so we, I, my friend, my IRL friend who comes every stream, has actually asked a relevant question. So I'm I'm shocked, first of all, that he's managed to figure out an actually relevant question and written it so well with no spelling mistakes. Well done, mate. I appreciate it. Um, 
Related. So he related to his original nonsense point um, about distributing stuff in Weatherspoons. Um, related. Distribution through business is a big thing. So, for example, Weatherspoons has political clout without it being in your face about it. I think it's still quite in your face about it, by the way. I don't think it's, like, subtle. Um, <laughs> but its paper is quite insidious and controls, narr controls the narrative to a massive demographic. Is there a possibility for left-wing businesses, I mean, he cites cooperatives all over the country, to do likewise, perhaps collaboratively? Um, so we're back to Amar to, uh, to kick us off with that one. Yeah, I mean... I guess this. I. I don't. Again, I don't want to burn too many bridges. Um, but I. I've kind of been a bit involved in the co in the co-op movement. The pub I work is a consumer co-op. You know. Um. I know. I'm involved in kind of maybe potentially creating some food co-ops and social enterprises and all of that. I've got a bit of experience, right? And the de the idea that the designation of co-ops as left-wing businesses is one that I find too rarely to be true. So since in the in the co-op movement, right? Since since Blair. Essentially, what you had was an influx of funding to the to, to the cooperative and social enterprise sector. That essentially, the way it worked was you you can have this massive pot of money, and as part of that, maybe drop the commitment to democratic participation, which before that was a staple. You know, um, since since Rochdale back in the day, that was a staple of what a co-op is. That commitment to democratic participation like doesn't hold for a lot of co-ops that actually exist, right? And and along with that has gone any kind of commitment to worker autonomy. And in return, the sector got a huge amount of funding. And they also were used to ethically privatise and outsource from the welfare state. So you had a bunch of contracts to do with hospitals that were now given over to social enterprises or to cooperatives. Um, and I mean, I, I've been unionising within, within social enterprises and within co-ops. I've been talking, you know, I've, I've been negotiating, I've negotiated a wildcat strike at one of them. And it's the logic that, that goes on there isn't actually often as as well disposed towards us. I think you can't. Yes, you can use left wing businesses definitely to kind of to kind of get media out there. And we do There are co-ops and, and there are networks of co-ops that actively promote um, left media and stir to action, by the way, is a really, really good publication, um, mainly a print publication uh, that critiques the co-op and the social enterprise movement. And, and there, there is a bit of kind of cross-pollination there. But I think, real, realistically, the scope for using what is a, quite a small sector, and to be honest, is frankly horrifically exploitative generally, with some nice, notable, historical exceptions. I, I, no, I think you could, you could use that, but to be honest, uh, I'd rather you could just like give me a bit of cash so I can get the train up and organise a strike. Sorry, I just had to address something in the chat who were telling me I'm not incentivizing people correctly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Mika, go ahead. Could you repeat the question, please? Of course I can. Um, so distribution through business is a big thing. So, for example, Weatherspoons has a huge political clout. I'm not going to repeat the bit that was wrong that he said. So its paper is quite insidious and controls the narrative to a large demographic. Is there the possibility for left-wing businesses such as cooperatives all over the country to do likewise collaboratively collaboratively potentially i would say i don't know how many left-wing businesses there are um to collaborate um I, I i don't i don't particularly think that would be um enough to counter the types of things we see from like weatherspoons and stuff um but, but yeah, sure, sure. 
um, why not? <laughs> um, I, I think there's scope for that. I, whether that would have a significant clout, I'm not sure. Um, left-wing businesses, I, I guess, um, locally, locally could probably do quite a lot if they're a successful business and they're liked by the locals and they have a, an ideology and they share that with their clientele, then I think that can make certain waves locally on a small scale. Um, I, I don't know what mechanisms there would be for collaboration or what kind of media that, that would produce. Um, sorry. That's okay. No, it's fine. It's good. It, just any answers are good. I'm mostly worried that I'm just going to drop <laughs> from this. <laughs> um, Loki, go for it. Uh, do you need me to repeat that as well? No, sorry. It's on mute. Um... I think you already get this to a certain point with somebody like um, like Lush. Lush do this all the time where they had the, the spy cop stuff in the front window. Um, I remember they had the same thing with... Um, they were taking the piss out of Starmer a few weeks ago with his Black Lives Moment thing. They were saying Black Lives Matter is more than a moment in, in the front window. Lush do do this to a certain extent. Now it's not a, exactly a... You know, it's not a, a left-wing business, if you will, but it, they do do this to a certain extent already, and it does seem to work. People see the window. People people know about spy cops because of them lush windows, because they stuck them up there. Um, like I said, it can work. Um, but like I said, it, it, there are, there are, it, like, like I said, I, th I think that has it has worked in the sense of well. Yeah, I just see that. Sorry, I got distracted by the fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, Lush, Lush do this to it already to a certain extent. I think we need more of it, which would be a good idea. But yeah, it's it's already done. It already works. I don't see why it couldn't work with more businesses, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay, um, Wario Tifo, do you want to take round off the question, and I'll get the next one lined up? Yeah, I think uh, the others have brought up some some good points with that. Um, I I think it needs a wider success before we can really do that in terms of how many companies as they are, how many cooperatives as they are now would be in a position to easily get that out to large numbers of people in terms of that information. But uh, it would be, it would, it would obviously be useful, but I think um, things like the Weatherspoon campaigns people talk about, I think a lot of it probably doesn't work, but what does work from in terms of what they do is just hammering away at a simplistic message, like, really drilling it in like weatherspoons focus a lot of what works around cheap beer these politicians we like get you a cheaper pint sort of thing and that's maybe why it sinks in with people uh just like obviously so boris johnson do a lot better than his predecessor electorally by focusing hammering on like i will deliver brexit and so on and i think it's it's a very tricky thing to find the messages that work with people and be able to hammer them without compromising the wider message that you eventually want to help get people to um, without doing things like that at the exclusion of all else. 
Um, I would love to see it happen. I think it would be something that would be very easy to fall flat on our faces trying, but it probably would be worth trying. Yeah, I think the we should try everything strategy is one that we're all kind of falling in uh, somewhat in line for. Just see what sticks, everyone. Okay, we did get a question that wasn't about inviting us to dunk on Keith, and so I will read the question that doesn't involve dunking because not enough of you subscribed. Sorry, that's I don't make the rules. Um, I'm not sure if that <laughs> that landed. Um, someone mentioned culture jamming earlier, and they're right. The adbusters is cringy shit, but I deconstruct newspaper front pages every day, and it's starting to radicalize some people who were pretty wet before. Do you think that left media is sometimes too academic or obtuse to get people converted? So I know the chat's been talking about this a little bit. So we'll go from Wario Tifo background. Is left media a bit too academic or obtuse to get people converted? I think you've got to look at it as part of an overall system. I think um, something like New Socialist is brilliant. But if New Socialist was the entire focus of left media, it very obviously wouldn't work. It's, it's not aimed at uh, at everyone. It's not aimed at winning over millions of people in, in one stroke. Um, I think we've got to avoid, generally, in, in terms of the left, we've got to avoid gatekeeping, being like, oh, what do you mean you haven't won this? Uh, you haven't read this? What do, what do you mean you don't understand this specific political content, uh, concept? And it's finding the ways to give people the gist and give people the ideas of this without being like, here's your long reading list because clearly is, is not going to work and, and historically hasn't worked. Um, I think the ideal sort of left media would hit on a number of levels. You'd have some really quite in-depth analysis that's almost aimed at people with, with an existing deep interest in the subject you'd have some very populist stuff well done and uh, you know with 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 well chosen arguments and you'd have a lot of middle ground uh, sort of stuff where it's it's got the potential to to get you more interested into the into the cause or issue and, and getting you really further on it and um i often think it's it's the middle ground we're kind of uh struggling most with as you say we've always had in some form some good analysis being done by people on the left somewhere for the advanced stuff. We've got the ability to get a message out, be it people just doing it themselves via Twitter, by it being more populist sort of left platforms. Um, you know, even even come elections, like the mirror kind of goes into that sort of mode for, for Labour and, and does okay at the sort of very basic stuff. But... What 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 do you do in in terms of the the middle of that? You know how how do you put stuff out that gets people to go from okay yeah broadly broadly agree with that very specific cause to right what's the wider factors? How did this come about? Maybe I should get more involved in this. Um, Ideally, all the, the different strands of it would sort of feed into one another, but wouldn't be like compulsory. You know, you could ignore the ones that don't suit how you consume media. Um, I think that's that's maybe where we're failing is that that middle bit of that sort of strata. Okay, um, Loki, do you want to uh, you want to take the question? Uh, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything Warrior said. Um, 
I, I do I do think there's a problem where it has become far too uh, it's become far too academic. We we don't have it. Very often, it seems to be that uh, anything socialist has to be within this very distinct theory. This very you know this. Let me start again. I'm just, no worries. I'm trying Take to think what it might say. Um, like I said, I do think there's far too much about theory. There's far too much about. Um, too too much too much academia when we need more practical we need you know we need more practical advice more more practical socialism if you will um i'm trying to think well how to put this now but yeah like new socialism it's great but i do find myself thinking at times can i can i be bothered with this can do I want to read an academic piece after at the end of the day? You know, I'm tired of dealing with the baby all day, etc. And, and I, I think it it misses out on a lot of working class people because they, they've worked all day. They don't want to come home and read an academic piece. They want to come home and see something more practical, more I don't know. And like like what I said, it, it does become a bit gatekeepy at times. Like the new socialist again, not this. Red Pepper, not this, but there are other ones that, that become very gatekeepy. It's you have to be in the theory, you have to know everybody, you have to. Well, he, as Bersonian uh, said, something, something like a Twitch stream is perfect. You you are extolling socialism. You are extolling out to people in a in a way that's like these these debates have been very good in that it's accessible. It's. You can sit there, you can watch people talking, and, and you can see it in real arguments, real uh, real world things. Like again, something like real politics, very good for this. And they take a socialist ideas and they make it simple. If you know what I mean, um, I can't think of any other better way to put it. I'm only, I've mostly drank too much. <laughs> Sorry. Don't worry. Um, I have definitely drunk too much on a stream before. Luckily, that mod has been lost to time because it was on New Year's Eve, um, which uh, someone in the chat will know was an interesting night. Um, Mika, please go ahead. So, um, yeah, is leftist media too theoretical, too academic? At the minute, speaking from a perspective of YouTube, yeah, probably. Um, but I would say that there's a reason for that, and that's because a lot of left-wing YouTube content has come in a response to the kind of new atheist logic bros type content. So we had to be logical and, and use our facts and logic and do the rational thing. Um, and that, that tends to, to be quite dry unless you're, you're a really great content creator. Um, I think that will uh, change. I think it has to change. Um, I think one way that we can do that adding to the the things that have already been said is as well as practical um information that's like actually useful to people in their lives at their jobs um about their rights um as well as that i think there are a number of assumptions which are taken for granted um within society which we can attack uh 
in, in, in lots of different ways, not just in a video essay format where I'm going to sit down and I'm going to tell you why this assumption is wrong. Um, please subscribe to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's a number of ways that we can attack the the values that are taken for granted within society and which are increasing these days, such as um, individualism versus collectivism. You know, I think British people want to feel like they have community values, um, but that is under attack. And I think there's there's ways that we can we can attack that. Um, and also assumptions about our very physiology and nature and neurology, which are wrong and they are taken for granted as common sense, as common knowledge. And I think that academia has a part to play there um, in encountering that kind of stuff. Um, basic assumptions about us and humans and how we are physically. Um, there's, there's scope for that, certainly. And if we can make a shift in those, those things that are kind of taken as common sense, and a lot of our theory will seem less dense. It will seem a bit more like it just makes sense. It, it clicks with what we know about people. And don't want to say human nature because arguments from human nature. No. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying, I think. And just how society works and materialism and, and the rest of it will just kind of fall into place with how people see the world, in fact. Hey. And uh, Amma, do you want to wrap us up on this question? And then I'll get us to the Keith Duncan question because everyone wants it. Right, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's left-wing media too academic. I mean, yes and no. I, I, I agree with parts of what's been said already. Um, I think, though, I think partly we forget, though, that like when we talk about left media, we're not just talking... We're also talking about a, me, a, a, way, a way through which, like, theory can become more accessible now it's a question of degrees right but i think i think it operates on two on two levels i think it is really important to have accessible media that doesn't talk about all these incredible theorists that i haven't read and can't pronounce to be quite frank um but at the same time i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing there's a space uh, that's that you know that, that is online in particular where people can access that kind of thing without being rooted in the ivory tower of academia. Because these, you know, this kind of like left media is like, historically, you know, it's, it's, it's things like academic journals or books that somehow managed to get published on the subject. And like, it, I mean, forget about how accessible it is. Like, it doesn't leave the inside of like the UCL library. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think even though some left-wing media like isn't accessible in that, in that way, I, I still do think that it ha that it has a role to, that it has a role to play, and part of that is making these ideas freely available. Now you then have the next step of making that you know um, suitable for mass consumption, and that's like the big challenge. Um, so yes and no, I guess. Okay, so real quick, we'll do the Keith Duncan question, and the fact that it has to be asked in this way perhaps tells us something about the state of left media in the UK. Is Keith's dream of the Murdoch nod realistic? It's not. He's never going to get the nod, everyone. But we'll go from Amar. Do you think Keith's going to get the nod? Is he going to get the permission to win an election from the big man himself? Uh, no, I think I, th I, th I think Murdoch's going to be a bit of a coquette. And I think that I, I, Keith is going to do, do his absolute best, you know? And he's keep going to, he's going to get led along. He's going to get led along and led along because that, that's how people work. And when it doesn't work, then we'll have the Labour right uh, 
up up in arms again and saying, oh, well, it's because we didn't capitulate enough. Oh, it's because the public think this and therefore once again, we need to sacrifice this. And like, I mean, I, I, it sounds like an exaggeration, but I truly don't believe it's a massive exaggeration to think that particularly with the massive migration, you know, crisis that we're going to be seeing in the next 50 years due to climate change. Things like, you know, um, corporal punishment and all of that. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if a Labour Party in 30 years at this rate is willing to back the death penalty because it's what the voters believe in and recriminalise homosexuality. Like, I've got, I've got no faith in, in Keith in terms of, you know, principles when it comes to appeasement. But, I mean, I don't think it'll work, no. Because the son are not then going to be like, okay, yeah, here's a nice, we'll let you have a little bit, a little bit of, a smidgen of reform you can keep. They're not going to, they don't want that. Okay, Mika, is Keith going to, is he going to get the big Murdoch nod? No, no, I, I, I don't think so. Um, I, he, he will, he will try. Um, but why, why would he, um, why would Murdoch do that? That they're winning. He, he has what he wants. I, I don't think there's any need um for, for that i think when when tony blair was a thing that the conservatives weren't as powerful as they are now and that was then needed um in order to shift things to the right and no i i don't i don't um i don't think he, he would need to i don't think he he would like um was said i think he'll string him along get him to make concessions uh keep things swinging rightwards and then kick him in the butt Okay, uh, Loki, I suspect I know what your answer is going to be, but let's hear it anyway. Of course, he's not going to get a fucking nod. It, it, it's, fuck, it's so stupid. Like, it, they're working from like 1997. Of course, they're not going to get a murder nod. Murder doesn't want Starmer. He's quite happy with Boris. Boris gives him exactly what he wants. Boris is the, is the, the hacks PM. He he was a journalist his entire career. He's a journalist. He's a journalist as a PM. He knows exactly what journalists want. He's, he's of course he's not going to get a fucking nod. But of course he's just going to do the same stupid thing over and over again, like he always does, claiming he's going to. You know, oh, fucking sorry, it's just going to make me bloody swear. It's uh, he's not going to get a nod. He's going to get nothing. He's got. He's going to be used for content. He's going to be used to attack the left for years, and then when it comes down to an election, they are going to attack him like nobody else, because in the end they want the Tories, because the Tories give them exactly what they want. They know exactly. They give them absolutely everything they want, and Starmer is. He, he's just been strung along like like, uh, like thing you said. It, it, he's he, he's just a joke. Yeah, absolute joke of a man. Okay. Well, let's see if it's all of us who think that the answer's no. Warrior Tifo, go for it. Is he getting the nod? Yeah, I think it's a great strategy, yeah. No, no, um, he's obviously obviously not. The, the only possible route there is to him getting a nomination from the right-wing papers is if there's, like, a proper, proper turn in public opinion against the Tories, like, really dramatic, which I think Keir would be more of a passive uh, participant in than he would like to think. And it would also then require, like, if, if Boris Johnson's essentially forced out, it would require uh, Murdoch, essentially, to turn on, on Michael Gove, who he's wanted in for years, or whoever the nominated successor is. It's not going to happen. Uh, I agree with what uh, Mika was saying in that 
Um, when it's happened before, it's because been because of circumstances, been because of a historically weak uh, Conservative Party that had a crisis of confidence. And the back in the Labour at that point, even though they were still essentially a Tory paper on all the, the major issues, came from um, a fear that Tony Blair, who was pissing off the Labour left, but a lot of them were going along with it because it would probably get Labour in, but that there would be a bit of a fight back at that point from the left, which which obviously at that point didn't didn't really materialise. People just got fed up with the party. But um, it's a complete misreading of why right-wing papers have endorsed Labour before to think that it's going to happen here. Um, I've said quite a lot on Twitter uh, in particular and on Real Politic that um, here Starmer seems to be doing the, the Neil Kinnock thing, you know, scorched earth towards the left, fuck loads of them off and you know he might lose elections or he might get forced out but he stopped the left taking over again i think i've been too generous to Keir starmer there i think neil kinnock at least had a, a basic level of uh political strategical awareness and and insight and and knew what he was doing um i think Keir starmer is going to get fucked off before there's an election by the the acres uh tendency you know they'll they'll get uh, either Owen Smith or a better version of Owen Smith uh, as, as soon as they feel he's, he's outlived his usefulness. Oh, I'm not looking forward to Owen Smith 2.0. How long will his... Um, anyway, I won't go into that speculation. Uh, so I think that is all we have time for in terms of the questions. So I'm going to go to each of the guests in the reverse order from the start to uh, plug themselves one last time and then I'll plug myself at the end. So, Wari Tifo, uh, final words before we go. Okay, yeah, if we're, if we're plugging ourselves, obviously um, there's the Real Politic podcast, which you can find uh, at SoundCloud. Um, you can uh, find our details on our Twitter account, which at the moment is rpcorpintl. Uh, um, we're about half... Uh, about a 0.5 on the Loki scale of the amount of times we've been banned previously. Um, we've got uh, various episodes recently ripping on um, what's happening in Labour at the moment and the, the wider context. We've got... Um, uh, we've obviously had a, got a lot of mileage over the years on ripping on Mike Gapes, which is always worthwhile. Uh, but in the last few months, we and... By we in this case, it's mainly Jack and Twitter user Farage's fuckface um, have come up with the Gapes casts, which are just absolutely terrifying. Uh, a real journey into the soul of Mike Gapes and, and what it means to be Mike Gapes. And uh, you should definitely listen to those, but maybe not before bedtime. Uh, we also have a Patreon if you want to give us money. That's always welcome. Yes, do give do give all of us your money, please. Um, Loki, um, anything you want to plug in particular? Um, Terry Fuck forty five. That's all I've got left at the moment. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Is it? Yeah. I love to have a guest called Ter whose handle is Terry Fuck on the uh, stream. We're really sticking to the brand here. Um, Mika, yeah. um, go ahead. 
couldn't find the unmute button. Sorry. Um, yeah, come subscribe to me on YouTube. I've just started a channel. Like I said, it's about philosophy, politics, autism and neurodiversity in general, which is a really interesting concept that you definitely want to learn more about. Um, follow me on Twitter too, um, where I still get into arguments with centrists, despite me promising to myself that I'm going to stop doing that and focus on the quality content. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's always fun. Um, I'm, I'm in the middle of a move at the minute, so things are a bit up in the air, but I'm really looking forward to um, getting back into a routine and sort of ramping up the content and maybe branching out into some things. So there's spaces to watch. So that's Ponderful on YouTube and Ponderful UK. I am on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, Amma, go ahead. Um, yeah, so definitely check out Red Pepper. We've got a pay-as-you-feel subscription because we desperately want to keep stuff, stuff free without going all independent. Uh, in terms of, like, the independent. We are independent. I like to emphasize we're very independent. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a pay-as-you-feel subscription. Um, it would be great. Um, it's a fantastic team to work for. Um, you can follow me on Twitter as well. Um, my Twitter handle is just at Amadeep Singh D because Indian names are too long for Twitter handles. And that will be a separate Twitch stream. Uh, so keep your eyes out for that one too. Yeah, um, we're having him back. Don't yeah, worry. Commission me, lads. I'm also freelance and a bartender and broke. Yes, and speaking of people who are broke and who need to plug themselves, um, follow and subscribe to my Twitch channel because this is literally the only way I make any kind of consistent money right now because two physics degrees apparently do not work in the coronavirus job market. Who knew? Who could have predicted that um, being a horrible burnout at 26 would be damaging for the job market? But who, who, anyway, I'm going to be on tomorrow from 6 until 9. Um... And yes, I did set up my time so that it was a reference to 69. Um, yeah, I this is how professional I am. I'll be playing Crusader Kings 2 tomorrow, and I'll be um, playing as the Mongols, where we will be cancelling Genghis Khan before he could conquer the world. We're going to cancel Genghis Khan for real this time. Otherwise, uh, thanks to my guests, who I will definitely have back at some point. Thank you guys for spending the time with me. Uh, stay safe. And it's good night from us.